Welcome to the Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. All right, so hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am Craig Stonaha. To my right is Tyler McCulley. To my left is Jimmy Klopp. This is the Broken Agenda. It is December the 23rd. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody watching. Yeah. I know you probably won't see this until January, but you know. Still. Still. Go for next year. Thought is there. Exactly. It's the thought that matters. Oh, yeah. This one's uh, uh, date sensitive. Not really. No. It's like they, many of them are. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we're not even doing it. We're not even doing a holiday topic. <laughs> I couldn't think. I And I tried to think of a topic. It wasn't be, until you said Merry Christmas. Then you messed it all I up. I still like to say it. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I was telling Lisa Marie that, because uh, we didn't do Christmas cards this year. We, just basic, we were just busy. And it just didn't happen. And I, I think anybody watching this is probably had a year where it just didn't happen. Some of you watching this, maybe it never happened. Good for you, because they're horrible. Um, <laughs> but we just didn't send them out this year. And Lisa Marie kind of felt bad about it. And I said, I don't even understand why we send holiday cards. Because everybody else sends holiday cards. And everybody gets the holiday cards at the same time. I said, I think we should mix it up. I think we should start sending out generic cards to everybody we know in like July 5th. Yeah. And just like happy summer. Christmas in July card. Sure. Do that. You know, that's from, from the pool, you know, happy, 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 you know, bright sunny days. I don't know. I just think at least they need to stand out. You'd be the one card on the refrigerator. We don't send them either, but I do enjoy getting them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, We like to, we like to see what everyone's, I don't know why we don't send them though. Just, we don't really do, I guess it kind of sucks. We haven't really done family pictures. No, I try to get some done this year too. We don't. We don't really do. Fam- I don't have. Yeah, that's the nice thing about Christmas cards is everybody has a family picture every Christmas. Man, yeah, but we get drug out and you gotta go stand and take that damn picture. I hate that. So I gotta tell you the it best. Brutal, but it's a cool it's like, thing to have. Since we're on Christmas cards, settle down. Just get this over with, so we can get the hell out of here. <laughs> Stop screwing around. Tyler was born like 30, 40 years too late. Tyler would have been an amazing 1963, 1966 dad. Like, would have killed it. That was his time. Anyway, I'm sorry. I did the intro. I didn't tell you what we're talking about today. Today, we are talking about ESG. And uh, I thought it was a good topic until I started to talk to these two guys and realized, and then other people, and realized nobody knows what ESG is. Um, so I guess that's a good thing to have as a podcast topic because we're going to, is that the stuff they put in Chinese food? No, it's about as useful, but, uh, <laughs> no, it is not MSG. It's ESG. So uh, environmental, social, and governance. So we're, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into what is it? Cause obviously we, we definitely have to make sure we're clear about what exactly it is we're talking about. We're talking about how is it used? Where is it used? How does it affect you? How does it affect businesses? How does it affect technology? Obviously, which we bring everything back to here. And uh, why does it matter? I mean, it's it's an interesting, fascinating topic that uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to start seeing in their daily lives in the next three to five years that nobody's talking about right now outside of the financial world. Which so, is why we're bringing it to you. That's right. Just, you were asking some questions before the podcast, Jimmy. Do you want to get into that stuff first, or do you want me to just start running through what this thing is? Well, I'll let my questions come from what you say, I think. I don't know. I, the problem is I'm not even entirely sure how to describe it. All right. So essentially what it is, is environmental, social, and government. So it's a way of rating the intangibles for a business. So traditionally, uh, 
business organizations, corporations, things like that, were basically rated on profit. You know, how much did you spend? How much did you bring in? What was the difference? If the difference was big, you were a valuable company. If it was small or negative, you sucked. And then your valuation came from your profit level and, and from your ability to generate revenue and to generate proceeds from that revenue. This is basically saying there's other stuff involved in business that we're not rating that maybe we should. So their environmental impact, how they try to minimize it or address things like uh, renewable energy or, or uh, greenhouse gas emissions, things like that. Yeah. Um, the social, which would be stuff like uh, race and gender sensitivity of the organization, um, income inequality sensitivity of the organization, stuff like that. Uh, does it give back to charities? Does it whatever? And then governance, which in my opinion is actually the only one of the three that I think actually holds a decent amount of merit from a business valuation standpoint. So, but I think it's also the most confusing of the three. So governance would be like, how do you handle your board policies, like your, your board of directors policies? So how do you handle your board compensation? How do you handle uh, your internal policies? You know, a lot of the governance stuff goes to, ends up leading to fraud in organizations or a lack of compliance which can get companies in trouble stuff like that so the governance at least has a, a has value in the sense that it can tell you about potential pitfalls coming for the company if they're not properly governing their organization from the top down so that one at least is business oriented the other two aren't really business oriented at all they're just kind of stuff we think they should do i mean kind of it no, you're right. It, well, it's moral, right? Well, moral. It's, it's, and I think from an investment perspective, it's to give people an idea of who aligns with their own morals or it's supposed to. Well, um, when, all right. So if that's the case, then whose morals? Well, exactly. Right. So it's, it's I admit, I don't know anything about about this, but from what I what I gathered, it was essentially a checklist that I could look at and say, these things that this company does, I believe in, and I think are good things. I want to give them my money as a shareholder. Uh, not necessarily me defining or expecting these things to be found across all the companies, but finding companies that match my own morals. That's how I understood it from an investment perspective. Gotcha. So, if, if you, so from your perspective, you're saying that if they had a high E in the ESG, high rating, and you cared a lot about renewable energy, you could infer from that that they're probably pro, pro renewable energy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then you would choose to invest in them based on not just financial factors, but also right financial factors, and then the fact that they align with you know my pseudo environmental concerns. Uh, but then you could also use it to look at a company that maybe they're uh, rating very high in the environment environmental side but the social side is terrible and for me that's a big deal right you got to have balance there and it, this is all theoretical i'm just kind of giving examples so not for you but for theoretical theoretical me yeah right so maybe i like but they're you know slamming kids into a, a sweatshop in china uh but, but they're really carbon neutral but they use a lot of solar panels on <laughs> yeah, the sweatshop exactly gotcha okay it's like wow this is terrible because it's a sweatshop but you know what they're they got the solar panels so i'm still good with that type deal Okay. Again, a theoretical. Theoretical, you gotcha. Um, I mean, now, now it's funny you say that because I did dig into the scoring on this. Yeah. So just to let you know how the scoring works, it doesn't at all. So there are no agreed upon metrics. Um, there are no agreed upon ca categories. 
there are no agreed upon criteria. The whole thing is super subjective. Okay, and see, and I'm glad you said that because when I was trying to do research, I could not find any granular points on anything. Uh, and I thought, like, man, I'm, it's just, it's a couple of days before Christmas. My Google must be off. My Google just took a vacation. I'm like, <laughs> no, but you know what's funny? If you, were, if you were Googling it, they didn't even talk about how, how subjective it was. Good luck finding an article that even talks about the subjective nature of HG. No. It's okay, literally the Google same article going on copied and pasted like seven times. Like, yeah. here's environmental, social, governance, and <laughs> these are what they're supposed to mean, and that's all I could find. Like, nobody could give me... Well, what I was could, looking for. You could write a contrarian article, but it would never show up on Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be on page 9,012. Um, so, uh, so you had brought up earlier when we were talking about Tesla. Right, so this is a perfect example of the subjective nature of this. So, so is what's happening right now, I guess we're entering an era where we want companies to operate from a moral compass, right? Like, like Tyler said. To bring up morals, probably the best way to describe it. That we're not just looking at the the bottom lines anymore. We well, have these these categories now where we're going to assess and make a rating. How much do you make? How socially responsible are you? Or socially responsible are you? How are environmentally responsible are you? Is well, everybody at the top hogging the money, or is it? Well, the problem is, though, we don't agree on the standards. And this is where I have an issue with this type of stuff, is the environmental thing we'll come back to. Let's, let's shelf that. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the social thing. So social values change anymore uh, on a weekly basis. I mean, I don't think we don't agree with what we said a, month, a year ago at this point. Yeah. I mean, one year ago today, we were talking about defunding the police. And now you're seeing <laughs> the same cities that were doing that are now paying premiums to hire police officers. We're not, but um, we're not talking about people who who have no kind of like control over their brains. We're talking about like you know, well, like. But where like, does this social come from? So now, now you're talking about defunding the police. So now, which if, is if your which, company which doesn't come ridiculous. out and say that you're anti-police, you get dinged on your in your ESG because you're not socially responsible and you're pro-police when, when you're supposed to hate police. Well, who are you not socially responsible to? It, I point. have, I have a, I have an inkling that the, the crowd that wants to defund the police is a very small crowd there. It's just that the media has a very large voice for that small crowd. But in, at the heart of things, I just don't believe that there's a, but there, there's does, a big following. But who's making the decision on the ESG score? I just think, well, I don't know who's making that. I can decision. tell you who's making it. Inde- independent ESG scorers. So self-proclaimed ESG experts make the determinations. Yeah, and so even if it's a small group, that same small group are the same people that write for the New York Times or work for these organizations. It's the same ones that are saying the stuff. So even if it's a small group, they could be aligning with things that maybe a larger group doesn't. But if they're the ones giving the score, it doesn't matter. It's the Illuminati. Yeah, they get to make the determination whether, even if it's only 10% agrees with it, if they're the ones that get to make the call and they agree with it, well, I say we then start that becomes our own, the new benchmark of our society. Fine, I say we start an ESG scoring, ESG scoring operation. We'll do and our we, own ESG. Yeah. An ESG within an ESG. We're I not going to invite those other ESGs. Well, obviously, there's a lack of ESG scorers, so there's, there's demand there. Well, here, let me give you an example. All right, so this is, we're talking kind of like high-level theoretical. So, Tesla. So they did. They they sent out a request to three separate independent auditors for an ESG score for Tesla. First one, auditor number one, five stars out of five, perfect ESG. 
tons of renewable energy. They build an environmentally responsible vehicle. Their employees love senior management and think they're being treated fantastically. Their governance policies are rock solid. There's zero instances of fraud over the history of the company and everything else. And they're very socially active. They're one of the, the biggest, uh, you know, organizations as far as philanthropists go in the world, right? Five stars. Second person, one star. Liberal. Well, I mean, I don't know what they, I mean, it's, it's an electric car company. Like, I don't know, if, I don't know if that's, but they gave it one star. They, you know, they decided that they make too many batteries and the lead in the batteries are going to destroy the groundwater. And that their employees, uh, you know, there's no consistency between wages between nations because they're going off of the standards within that nation. So that's not fair. And that their uh, CEO keeps talking about Dogecoin and he's not focused on electric cars and that's irresponsible and he should be focused on one thing. One star. Third guy or woman, I don't know what they were, it doesn't matter. Third person, two and a half stars. I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> they fell right back in the middle. So you had three independent people, all considered ESG experts, three completely divergent reviews. And all three of them were acceptable. And now investment companies, banks, and everybody else involved with ESG gets to pick which one they're going to go with based on what. So how is that any different? You're assigning an ESG score, but you're well, choosing the one that fits the the narrative that you want. So maybe you well, want to invest, yeah, yeah. you want Tesla in your portfolios because you like Tesla. Well, I'm going to take the five star one, give them a high ESG rating, and then I can push them into every ESG portfolio that I have and every non-ESG mm -hmm. that wants to have a portion of an ESG. I hate Tesla and I, I want people to sell. I don't want to be a part of it. Fine. They got a one star. Like there's no consistency here, but we're using it actively to build mutual funds. We're using it actively to deny companies loans. So Bank of America is actually starting to use ESG scores to determine whether or not a company can get a loan. So oil companies, you ain't ever getting a loan again. Really? <laughs> like that's it. You're done. I can't believe Bank of America is still a thing. I, right? like their ESG score has to be like negative two. I bring this up too. Hold on. So I looked that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. On. I, I had a long agenda here. This is a good I, one. So Bank, yeah, okay. so Bank of America, what they're doing now is with the ESG scores, they're changing the criteria based on the organization so that it still gets a high ESG if they like it. So Bank of America, they removed everything that had to do with governance. and everything. They removed debt ratio and credit quality from the loans. This is a bank. Debt ratio and credit quality are like the only two things that are quantifiably mandatory. They removed them from the ESG rating so it would bump up their governance rating so that they would get a double B. I, I, I can't make this stuff up. Like there's, there's nothing and we're using this to determine what people have in their retirement portfolios. I got other examples if you want them. No, I do want them. Oh, okay, fine. You know yeah. what? Uh, here's a fun one. Uh, so BlackRock, <laughs> BlackRock was getting multiple divergent um, ESG ratings intentionally so that they could put different stocks in different portfolios so they could sell them as ESG portfolios, even though they were all the same as other portfolios they had that were non-ESG. Uh, and they were using the different scores so that they could fit a divergent ESG portfolio together. So they were just making up ESG scores. They just kept requesting ESG scores from different people until they got the number they wanted and then slid that company into the portfolio that they were already going to put them into just so they could tag them as an ESG portfolio. Um, uh, uh, here's a good one. Um, oh, I didn't put the name of the company. Shoot, I should have wrote McDonald's. So I don't think I wrote. Uh, so McDonald's, apparently somebody wanted McDonald's to look good on paper. So they decided they were going to include recycling as one of the ESG criteria that was never an ESG criteria for any fast food in the history of ESG because a couple of months earlier, 
a couple of European countries made it mandatory that all restaurants recycle. So Mike, McDonald's had to comply or else they couldn't do, operate in those countries anymore. But now, according to the ESG, they have a recycling program in place and it bumped their score up from a C to a double B. So they invented a scenario where they could change the criteria on an existing company that already had criteria in an, only in a geographic area where they were forced to do something just so they give them a higher rating. Now, this one I wrote, standards vary by company. Like, there's just no consistency. Like, one company might be rated on water stress, which is how much water you take from the environment for your operations. Um, but another company in the same industry might not have water stress, but they might have data protection. And they carry the same weight. So one company encrypts their data, and they get the same amount of, of credit as somebody that doesn't stress the water table. I don't know. Um, one company might be rated on their minimum wage and somebody in the same industry might be rated on emissions reduction. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, they're it, not even close. It yeah. feels like, uh, you know, Google reviews, someone will give a one star and then it's a glare, like a glowing review, like best place ever. One star, though, because they forgot the napkin. Yes. <laughs> that type deal. Tyler, you want to talk about NFTs, don't you? No. <laughs> no, and you, I just watched those episodes because I was editing them. And I was just like, oh. Did, you, did we lose you again? Huh? Because you look, you start glazing over by the end of the NFT, NFT spectrum. I was, yeah, I was, I was out. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think like it, it seems like everything in the in the whole world is changing. I mean, everything is changing, and I don't know. I mean, you know, some of these issues. It's okay, I think, to look at companies and have these standards. I mean, we can't keep trash in the world, right? I think well, everybody but, would agree. But what I'm saying is they're not standards. That's what well, I'm saying. They're being I, sold as standards. I think they're trying. Let's. What happens when you start to do something, right? You start to do something, and you and and look at how look how messy it is when you watch something on TV that's po- a political, like a a media, I mean, it's a mess to watch those people try to figure something out. You know, like there's too many people with too many opinions. And they just can't like get anything done, you know, when you're when you're trying to accomplish things politically. So, like, is the, you say the list of so are things? Are you saying this is a political thing? Well, no, I just think that things are being brought to the table. This obviously was approved by a political entity to say, right? I mean, ESG is going to be something we're going to use to rate companies, right? And then you have this guy screaming environmental, and you have this guy screaming, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, socially responsibility yeah this guy screaming you know uh be kind to your workers and so that and then they're saying okay 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 well you know here and they throw all these things in and then they're like and then they start to build this thing it's not like when you're running your company and you have a decision you probably bring your guys in and you and you say to each you know maybe you have five ten people and you say hey what do you think what do you think what do you think what do you think Boom, everybody spits out their opinion. Boom, you're, you make the decision. Here's what we're going to do. I can't make it all work perfectly, but, you know, okay, I get, the, I, get the, I get the list of criteria, but I don't, you know, now you have this rampant, you know, now you have these weird people that have decided, oh, I'm going to write about ESG now, and I have this crazy left opinion and then you have this guy, I got this crazy right opinion. And then you got this guy in the middle that's trying to be rational. And we're hoping that the people that in the in the middle of this, the rational people are going to 
prevail. I would agree with that, but I have two problems with what you're saying. One, one <clears throat> is that I work in the IT sphere. All right, We come up with standards that are globally implemented every year, sometimes multiple times a year. And we do not release the standard until we've figured all that out. So if people are still yelling, be nice to your worker, and that's not in there, and you haven't figured out what that means and documented it and, and packaged it and gotten it ready for deployment, then the standard doesn't get released. I mean, Wi-Fi. It's not like they just put Wi-Fi, you know, we're coming up with a new standard for Wi-Fi. We're just going to put it out. And as people use it, we'll figure out if it works. No, you've got to figure it all out first. You may say, hey, we're coming up with this new standard for Wi-Fi, or hey, we're coming up with this new standard for cabling or whatever. But you don't release the standard until you've figured out the details. Now, you might adjust it in the real-world environment. You might say, hey, you know, we're going to... We're going to tamp down the broadcast ranges or bring up the, the wattages or whatever because you realize you can or certain things work better or not. But the core fundamental things are figured out. This is this is actively being used to determine loan status, to determine investment portfolios, determine retirement plans for individuals. And we don't even have basic standards. We don't even know the, the, the absolute basics. We, we can't even tell you what criteria are even being used for an industry. Right. Well, I mean, because everything is, is almost... A topic for the conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, then it shouldn't be released. You know? It shouldn't well, they, be a thing. It's like, why are they doing all this? Why are they irresponsibly acting and passing laws and, and having companies do this kind of stuff? There's more of an agenda. I mean, it's like so ridiculous that how do you even have conversations about things? That's where we've gotten to the point in this country. You can't talk about anything because it's so ridiculous. People that are somehow being able to implement these kinds of things, I, I don't even, you know, I agree with what you're saying there. And what you said is, is totally absurd. Why are <laughs> they in, why are they doing this? I mean, why? Tyler, why? Don't ask me. Well, I, I, I have a theory. From the 60s. I always have a theory. He has <laughs> I have a theory, but I always have a theory and I don't know if they're ever right because we never circle back to them. That's why they're theories. So I, I think we're just pandering to the millennials. And you've got a, you've got so there was a study I read, and don't don't quote me on the stats here, but it was of like what are we Gen X? I'm a millennial technically, depending on the study. Well, you're really you're messing it up. You're not doing a good job. Uh, no, I'm because personally a, I don't identify as a millennial. That's because they do it by decades, right? Well, I care. <laughs> They're trying to do it by decades. If you're born in. 99 or 91 you're not going to be the same you know what i mean so they're they're you, you probably got to do it by fives you probably got to start categories and people by five years See, depending on the study millennials go back to 79 80 yeah well there's there's certain ones say i'm a millennial yeah i was born in and I'm, i i do not identify with a single millennial in this world <laughs> well it's so they say prior to millennials in the gen x or yeah type area um about 40 to 45 percent of individual investors are willing to make financial decisions based on um, moral attributes, not just profitability. So, you know, you might want to, and I've done that. I, I, I had a, a significant stakehold in Facebook for a while. And when they started getting nuts with the uh, um, censorship, mm -hmm. I sold off my Facebook. I was like, I don't want to be a part owner in this company. Now, they've doubled in price since I sold it. So I took a financial hit to get rid of Facebook, but I didn't want them in my portfolio because I just did not agree with them as an organization. So I've done it. So I, I get that. But that's my choice. That's not an organization telling me I'm not allowed to buy Facebook because they don't um, talk enough about racial inequality or because they don't have the right policies on their board or they don't, I don't know, have enough solar panels. 
like I, I'm still allowed to buy it or not buy it based on my own personal choice. But what I think what's happening here is I think you have this whole pandering thing going on because millennials and beyond, it's about 85 to 90 percent make make purchasing decisions based on um, perceived mor morality. Uh, so now you've got a huge shift in the market. You've got you've got an entire generation that is more concerned about what you're doing, specifically the environment, not so much governments, I think, but the environment and social issues. But a huge shift in mentality here, where they care more about are you are you trying to help the planet and and help society, or are you just trying to make money? And I think that's the why. I think it's a, it's a uh, kind of trying to respond to a shift in, in consumer behavior. Let's see, I, I think this ESG thing is fine if it's not a uh, required standard or decisions aren't made based on it other than the consumer. Investing. Right? Let, like you got banks. Let the company fly their flags however they want to fly them and let me pick the companies that fly the flags that I like. Yeah. But, don't, but don't tell me that I can't invest in a company because you didn't like the flags they flew. Or more so, don't tell me I can't get a freaking loan because you're yes, like using exactly. that stupid score that has no like, that's that's just. Well, and not like that, but they're, they're talking about not allowing you to buy tax deferred money. So like 401ks and Roth IRAs and things like that, not being allowed to use tax deferred money to buy non-ESG mutual funds or ETFs or things like that. And the problem with that is on average, an ESG fund, generates about 50% less revenue. So over the lifespan of somebody who's in their 20s getting into investing, you could cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars going into retirement. Um, but they're saying that because this is technically partially government money, because it's tax deferred, we get to decide what you can and can't invest in. So we're gonna authorize what is allowed to be used from tax deferred dollars. You can still buy them, you just can't buy them after tax or pre-tax, or, or tax deferred. You have to pay, you have to, pay to play. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I, I wish we had the monitor set up. I want to know what I would like to see all the when the ESG was passed, like all that. I'd like to see that. But I don't think anything has been well, passed. This is right? law. This is in the US. Well, how, how are the banks allowed to use this? Uh, they're being stronger. So what's happening? By who? Uh, it's, most of it's coming out of Europe. So what's happening is is uh, a lot of nations are just basically saying you can't operate within our nation state unless you show proof that you have a minimum ESG. Um, so like Bank of America, or like Coke, let's use Coke as an example. So we have woke Coke, right? They, they took a bath over the last year for all that, um, uh, anti, what was it, don't be, be less white. Wasn't that their that thing that came out? I don't, I don't know. They Maybe. started calling them woke Coke because there was a whole training module that came out. Oh yeah, the training module, yeah, sure. That right. came out yeah. that was all talking about um, uh, white supremacy and uh, how, um, you need to be less white in order, you know, it's, white people are the root of all problems. So they earned the nickname Woke Coke and they took a bath in the media. Not in the media, the media still didn't say a word, but social media. You know, people were saying this is BS, what the heck, this is racism. Um, I firmly believe Coke didn't even really know what they were doing. I think Germany said, hey, we now have ESG scores. And in order for you to get a high enough ESG score to be able to continue to operate in Germany, you need to have diversity, inclusion, and equality staff at your corporate headquarters doing trainings. And Coke said, wait, so for you know a $300 million market of sugar water, all I have to do is hire a couple of executives, or hire a couple of people in our training department that do diversity, equality, and, and inclusion. And they're like, yep, 
And Coke said, fine, whatever. And they're like, well, you got to put some documents up and train people. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like, fine, it's $300 million. We're done. And next thing you know, these people they hired are like, well, the way diversity, equality, and inclusion is being done is we currently rag on white people. It'll be somebody else next time. But right now, it's white people. And that's what, and they started putting documents up, you know, and all this other stuff. And then people started finding out. But I think that's how these corporations are getting dragged in. I think they're being blocked. Or Bank of America is being blocked because they can't they can't get their kickbacks from the, the Federal Reserves from different countries without having the SG score. And then they're also being forced to apply SG scores to large corporations that want to borrow from them in order to use the money from the Fed banks in order to support other corporations. So then they're requiring the SG. So this is coming from nation states pushing it down. This is not law. This is... So this is only happening in Europe right now or a couple different places? Yeah, not, not in the States. It, well, no, it's happening in the States because most of the companies it's affecting. The, the huge multinational companies in the world are generally in the U.S. Most of the, the bigger, huge international companies are, are here. The big retailers, you know, the big tech firms. I'm, cu- you know. I'm curious. Like, I really want to see. Like, when we come back from break, we're, I want to get the computer up because I want to see. I want to see a scoring like I want to see something that shows us a score. I'd love to look at a sample of an ESG score. Let's see if we can find one. Can we find one? You think? I don't know. I I, mean, I, I tried. You can't uh, find one. I couldn't find anything. But like I said, everything I was finding was. I mean, are we this like, weird stuff? I don't know. Like what did you find? Like people trying not to explain ESG. I was trying to. Yeah, it's super shady, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like you gotta find the right guy under the right street light and be like, yeah, tell me what ESG is. Slide in the twenty. And everything I'm telling you right now, fifty, hundred, man. I've read from stories that have come out from ESG implementation, but I can't actually find like a spreadsheet showing me exactly how they did it. Yeah. So, so you know what I know. So what what I've read a lot about the media, like you know, like the media drops these things right. And then later come back to them and blow them up, and they use they use these kinds of stories like to create catastrophic events, right? So they'll have these, so they'll have these little people, they'll have these little people do articles, right? And we could be at this this phase right now. I mean, I I haven't heard much about I heard about this, but not much. But so what they do is they have someone will call a little writer. And they'll say, hey, we want you to do, write this thing. We'll pay you. And then they're like, okay, you know, hungry little writer, you know, wants to get, wants to get paid, gets this call from, <laughs> from this, like, you know. <laughs> so they write these articles and then later they, they call these people. Then later they come back and then they call CNN or, uh, or New York Times and they say, hey, look at this article, pick it up. You better get it before. Or they have a bunch of little hungry writers this, write articles like this, and then they cite those articles that yeah, they told exactly. them to write. That's what they do. Of, yeah. That's what they do. And this is this is how the media works. This is how because then they get this like foot of this because then they don't have responsibility, right? New York Times can take a little article like this. They can take it, go off of. Oh well, we didn't write it. They wrote it. Not to go completely off topic, We're just, but since you brought up the media, did you see that that media organization in DC that they just found out took four point four million dollars from the Chinese to spread Chinese propaganda, propaganda through the U.S. media system? No. Like, really? They knew they were doing it, but they finally found the evidence. Four and a half million dollars. They just gave them four and a half million dollars and a bunch of spreadsheets saying talk about this. They're a bunch of word docs. They said, just read this and we'll give you four and a half million dollars. And the news station said, okay. 
<laughs> yep. Well, I saw Joe Joe Rogan just did an episode where he was talking about Gil, Bill Gates. Uh, he donated three hundred million dollars yes, to, to all the news media. To the news media, yeah. That's, it's that's, like no wonder no one says anything negative about him. I'm telling you, the, the, the Bill Gates situation, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm fairly positive it's nothing good. And I'm also pretty sure I'm never going to find out for sure because nobody's talking. But they just you just keep hearing these like snips, like an interview with an FBI agent that's like, yeah, I was involved in a Bill Gates issue. Like it's, they'll tell a story and then you never hear from that guy again and the story vanishes. All of a sudden, like, you can't talk. What happened to your voice? Man? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Bill Gates, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure if I bring up too much on this podcast, I vanish. I don't know where I go. I know where I go. Yeah, yeah but uh, Atlantis. Just working on computers that are running Windows. Me. <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> so you never get any guns. No, exactly. They just break twenty four seven. They send you. They send you to do Linux. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I love Linux. <laughs> That's the ultimate secret of Bill Gates, though, right? Like he looks like the harmless little nerd. You ever see that old Saturday Night Live skit with Ronald Reagan? No, I don't think so. Can't recall. <sighs> I'm not even gonna try to do it. I'm not gonna try to do a Saturday Night Live skit. You gotta just try. ruin the podcast. You gotta try. No, it's just him like coming out and like offering jelly beans to little kids in the Oval Office. He's like, "Hey, little kid, have a jelly bean. I'm just Ronald Reagan, and I want to give you a hug." Right? And then as soon as the kids leave and the door closes, he stands up straight. The wall behind him spins around. It's nothing but nuclear missile silos. And he's like, "Let's get to business. Who do we murder next?" <laughs> I feel like that's Bill Gates. <laughs> like, like, and the camera's on him. He's like. I'm just a nerd. Don't look at me. And as soon as the camera's off, all of a sudden he stands up straight. He grows muscles. <laughs> he just starts beating dolphins. <laughs> and with that, we're going to break. We're going to break. <laughs> now, a word from our sponsor, Microsoft. Podcast <laughs> yeah. about the best security in the world. All right. Back to the, this The podcast. very best security that you... Back that to this podcast, because that's a whole different conversation. But I, I like where your head's at. I agree. Security is always a good, a good topic. So I don't even know where we left it off. We, we started getting a little a little, little into this here. But I know, Jimmy, you were talking about the investing side of ESGs. And now, so and you can look it up right now if you want to try to find it on there. I know we don't have the screen share. And if anybody who's watching, uh, anybody out there watching, I apologize. We usually have the screen share. We, we didn't set it up today. Um, but if you want to look up, I mean, just search, pick a corporation and search what is their ESG score. And just see what comes up. Can we do up. it on here? Yeah, you can do it on mm-hmm. here. That's yeah, on the Wi-Fi. Just don't up. don't do any inappropriate stuff. All right. Um, dark web. So yeah, just stay off the dark web. Man. Oh, here's my McDonald's example right here. So yeah, I mean this this came. Where's the browser? This, this is, came a, so far, this is an iPhone. Far, the second one in from the bottom left. Um, this is an iPhone. I don't do iPhones. We should just have an, I don't an do, episode with Jimmy going through different OSs. I don't. I don't, I don't do i I'll just drop him in front of an Ubuntu laptop. <laughs> And just ask him to do basic tasks. Like Dude, send an email and just watch him just lose his mind. <laughs> you guys can do whatever you want to me. <laughs> Snuff film. All right. Um, Good lord. I'm game. <laughs> I'm game. I'm game. I've had enough. I'm out. I'm game. What is it? What is it? So, we're talking about ESG. ESG. So, so just look up. Like, what's a, what? Give me a company. Like what? Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Facebook. I didn't Meta. Pick, it's technically. Meta I didn't pick this topic. So, uh, you, you pick a company. I don't care. Right. ESG score. You guys talk to the audience while I find something. All right. Well, and, and all right, I'm going to bring it back to what Jimmy was saying before. So my, my, my big issue with ESG is ESG is we already had ESG. I mean, we have so many categories that investors use. I mean, I'm an investor. 
I mean, I look at sustainable investing. I look at socially responsible investing. I look at mission-related investing. I mean, you were talking about it. What was the example you were given? Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the company? Like Tom's? Yeah, like Tom's. Tom's, who gives a pair of shoes or Bomba socks that Jimmy mentioned. Yeah. They give a pair of socks, which is, I mean, that's great. I don't like their products, so... I don't either, but I'm it. not going to lie. I bought a pair of Tom's shoes yeah. because I wanted somebody to get a free pair of shoes. Yeah. And I didn't like them, so I didn't buy them anymore. I mean, the product still has to not suck. <laughs> right. And it, it, I mean, it obviously doesn't for most people, but it's just, it's not my, like my wife wears them and she likes Tom's. Does she? Yeah. I think she has a pair probably somewhere. But uh, and, and I think that type of stuff like is That's excellent. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Because I, yeah. I intentionally look at organizations that um, align with some of my personal viewpoints and I will support them before I'll go to an Amazon or something to buy something from them. Well, and we're actively working on marketing for a product that specifically aligns with certain types of people that gives to first responders and, and military yeah. veterans and things like that. So we're engaged in it. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're doing it too. So it's not like it's a foreign concept. I mean, people are aware of this. I just don't, you know what this is? This, this all ties back to my don't should on me. <laughs> it's, I feel like this is a giant pile of shit. It really is. Well, and uh, I think I had said it to you, it feels like the peak cancel culture. It really right? does. Like, here's the reason why we are canceling you, and we put it into a star value. Well, even that Tesla example I gave you. Mm-hmm. Like, how the heck does Tesla get a one-star rating on an ESG unless you want to cancel Tesla? Yeah, I don't like Tesla. I'm giving them one star to hurt them. This is just disturbing. What's that? Facebook has... 32.4 rating out of 40. That makes, that makes sense. I mean, they're... They have a high... It says... Okay. It looks like it's a 40 plus. They're 32.4. They have... They're high risk. Am I reading this wrong? I don't know what you're reading. All right. Software's... Their rank... <laughs> this is weird stuff. Do, should we go back to you? Tyler and I were having a conversation. <laughs> give me one second. Well, I saw that head whip one, around. Give me one now second. Now I'm not sure I understand what I'm reading. Go ahead. Um, go back to what you're talking about. No, and it, and if we can get some actual scores that we can digest, I think that would be great. Oh, it's Tyler. Tyler. I was going to try to pull up the same thing he had. All right, so let's see what you got. What? Where are you at, Jimmy? What link? Um, I found this uh, sustainalytics.com. Okay, now you got to remember that this is not. So it's like, I typed not a, in. It's I t- not a universal ESG. My search was was uh, meta. I mean, Facebook ESG score. All right. So. I thought they had a good rating, um, but I'm starting to think maybe if they have a high. Do you want me to take a look? Well, it says high risk. Mm-hmm. I right, thought so, it was a high score. So what, they, what, they, what we're looking at here, since we don't have it up on the big screen, is we've got um, negligible, low, medium, high, and severe in form of risk. So, and then they're giving them a score out of, basically out of 40. So you can get over 40, but anything over 40 is a severe risk. But then um, why... So the lower the number is better? Why would zero be negligible? In, in this one, this is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, there so, are multiple different ways to do ESG scores. So in this particular, sustainanalytics.com uses a 40-point scale. In comparison, would this be like uh, how much people feel spice when they're eating something? Like, Pro- you know so I mean? this like, is like capsaicin? Well, yeah, well no, it's like uh, my mom can eat the hottest food and it's nothing to her. But if my wife were to touch pepper, 
like just table pepper, she freaks out. She has hives, breaks out into hives. <laughs> I mean, pretty close, but it has too much pepper. No, there's none in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, that's what it feels like to me. Okay, let's let's start. First of all, I don't even get the scale rating. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Exactly. Because it I, says. I think that's the problem, though, too, right? Like, that's the whole core. Like, look at the, the, core look at the, the scale. So it's saying exposure. Think, exposure refers to the extent to which a company is exposed to different material ESG issues. Our exposure score takes into consideration sub-industry and company-specific factors such as its business model. That doesn't tell you anything, right? And they got a medium, which also tells you nothing. Management. Management refers to how well a company is managing its relevant ESG issues. Again, when you reference the definition in the definition, that is, that is the definition the of... Def- uh, not understanding. Yeah, they're just obfuscating. Our management score assesses what, the wait, robustness wait, wait, wait. of... What's that word mean? Obfuscate? Yeah. That means to, to cloud or to hide. Obfuscate? Obfuscate? Ob- ob- I don't know how to say it now. Well, now I don't know how to say it. Why are we all saying it differently? Obfuscate? Obfuscate. Obfuscate. Like, is it like... Am I putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable? OP? I, I think so, but I H? can't say it myself. Obfuscate? <laughs> it's him. Is he messing us up? He's, bre- yeah, he's bringing us down. Us? I'm trying to get you guys down to my it's level. It's Mimi's. <laughs> He's in my head. It's that memes. <laughs> so yeah. So this, Wait, this go back. Go back to to the top, like the very first scale that they're putting on. To explain this to me. Okay. Like, all right. So negligible. Uh, let me let me explain this to Zero you. Zero to ten is negligible. Yeah. He's doing it again. He's, now I can't say that word. He's ruining the entire. Negligible. But then, but then, forty plus is high risk. Wait, here's the thing. Does that mean you're screwed either way? Here's what you have to understand. The 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 flabbernets are commensurate to the smart dicks. Yeah, see, I can make up words, too. I mean, this whole thing makes nothing. That is the titanium scale. That is absolute crap right, right. This is what I'm talking about. There's, that is not a real thing, but somebody's so, going to look at that and be like, 32.4, I don't know. If and you're zero, so if you're zero to 10, you're negligible. As and a, if you're plus 40, you're a severe risk. It, uh, risk of what? I don't know. <laughs> what are we risking? You're, e- you're either a severe risk or you're negligible. Now, I'm Does that mean you need to be in the middle? There's got to be. I, I do. Is there a chart down here that tells us? I can't even believe what my eyes just right, saw. Hold on. So we're going to take a look. Let me just see if corporate solutions, investor solutions. Yes. Uh, you know what? I think we got to find a new site. This site seems absolutely atrocious. Oh, <laughs> the S&P 500 has an ESG index. All right. So what is what is there? Maybe they make more sense. <laughs> Facebook is not on it anymore. They got dropped. Oh, that makes sense. Oh. Yeah, because, they, because they're, they're high risk. They're horrible. Yeah. they're. Look horrible. at what they've done with people's personal data. And they're a 32.8. I mean, they can't be on that scale. <laughs> yeah. Not that 32.8. That's I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> So what what does the S and P five hundred say about who? I mean, give me what what company are you looking at? So let's see. There's top ten constituents by index weight. That's uh, Apple, Microsoft. So yeah, that's, that's their five hundred. So look up. You're gonna do Tesla. Let's do Tesla. Yeah, let's do Tesla. Tesla on there. Let's see what they're they're doing with Tesla. Let's yeah, see. Tesla's one here. All right. So give me some of that sweet sweet S and P five hundred eleven, and let's hear what they have to say. And, and pick anybody except the S and P five hundred, and let's see what they give you on on your magic iPad. I'm sorry. What was the request? Tesla. Oh. Find out. Are you looking him up on that site? Yeah, I got Tesla. Perfect. He's got Tesla up on his crappy site. What is your crappy site say? I, I don't know. Tesla's at 28.5. They're medium. Okay. Now, again, they don't explain what that means. No, because so. they're either ne- negligible. Well, so well, They're not negligible. That's why can't I say the word negligible? Or... Well, it's a word that obfuscates itself. So is it is it being in the middle? <laughs> 
I'm getting the I'm yeah. getting the feeling being in the middle. But I don't understand middle of what balance like, of what. I don't know. I mean, they make electric cars. You know, like I, college I, kids came up with this. Probably. probably. I don't know. If you can find any type of information on that rating scale, that would be hugely helpful. Okay, ranking. So I can't so find f- any ratings on this. It's called an ESG index. They're, they're, there's nothing about oh, ESG. Oh, is it an index fund? It's the oh, S&P index fund. fund. Is All right, why? so it's just taking a bunch of ESG-rated companies, putting oh. them into a This is what I'm talking about. Like, they don't give you any reason why Tesla would be on that list. Yeah. They're just telling you if you want to buy an ESG-rated fund, here's one for you, and it's ranked as ESG. But they don't tell you what the score is, why it's ranked as ESG. They don't give you any information that's really quantifiable. It's terrible. They just say, we want you to buy our fund. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I found multiple instances of BlackRock actively taking the same companies and putting them into ESG and non-ESG funds based on what they wanted the fund to look like weighted-wise between industry. And they justified it within like the same paragraph. Like, I mean, it's just, it's the whole thing is an invented thing that makes millennials feel better about their investment choices. That's, I mean, it's really what I think it is. Like, they're trying to make millennials feel better about going into the stock market because I'm not buying stocks for profit. I'm buying stocks to save the earth. And it's like, you're buying the same stocks I am, Jack Wagon. You just <laughs> want to see three letters in front of it to make you feel better. Like, it's all about your feelings, whereas I'm running it off a map. Like, I, but. Well, here, so. So Tesla is coming in at 28.5. Their ranking industry group is automobiles. Okay. And what was, do you remember what Facebook's was? Not automobiles. Um, so they're 40 out of 82. Uh, wait, I and thought we were on 40 this, points. Wait, 40 out of 82 for what? That's for automobiles ranking. Oh, so oh, right. Ranking amongst automobile manufacturers, maybe? Like in their industry? I guess. But then they have this universe, global universe rating. So they're 80, and that rating... All right, so my guess there... 15,085 is the top. So my got, guess was they have 15,085 ranked companies, and 82 of those are in the automobile space. Of those 82 in the automobile space, they rank as number 40. Of those 15,085, they rank as number 8,156. In the global universe. So we have, we have to understand the ranking, what the global universe ranking is. And then, I, it's in the, the ESG metaverse. And then, okay, so yeah. only in automobiles, really? You're taking like the social, you're, you're going to decide this company, what their level of responsibility is only to automobiles, really? And like, if wouldn't it just be an overall? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That's what I'm telling you. There is, there, is, there is nothing clear cut about this ESG system, but we're using it to make long-term strategic decisions for people's you know, investments. This is a dangerous game. Now, MSCI, I did a lot of research on them. Yes. So now there, are you on MSCI site? Okay. Yes, so I this am. is one of the big ESG ranking companies. They do a lot of uh, mutual funds, ETFs, things like that, where they put together ESG funds. Uh, these guys took a lot of heat in the research I did. Man, apparently I they just, thing. they are awful. Well, um, yeah, yeah. But their ranking apparently at least is a little bit more transparent than others. So let's see what they have to say. Can you look up individual companies on there? I'm on Tesla right now. Okay, so what do they say about Tesla? So for those at home, MSCI.com. Yeah, MSCI.com. So this is an ESG um, investment fund organization. So here, so their ESG section rates Tesla as an A. Okay. Okay, That is. 
that has dropped down since uh, 2018. They were a double A, which right, is better. Let's try to go back now. They go with what you're saying. They go double A, A, double B, B, double C, triple B, double B, okay. B, triple C. So they do triples. Okay. So yeah. maybe, maybe we can make sense of the information that's on it by comparing the two sites. So yeah. this site that I'm on is still sustainalytics.com, and you have an AB rating on yours. I have an A rating so you got an a rating for with double a being the highest right triple a there is a triple a okay gotcha and so we're at a 28.5 on mine well yours i don't understand because i don't understand how esg can even put you at risk except maybe in a government governance sense um but i even if you're terrible from an environmental standpoint you're still not a risk to an investor who are you i don't even understand who you're a risk to there are you a risk to the global ecosystem like i don't understand what they're trying to say on your site this one at least makes a little bit of sense they kind of spell. I mean, this kind of see through. Like we'll uh, they call, so they call Tesla an ESG laggard in product safety and quality and labor management. Hmm. They're average in their product carbon footprint, but they are a leader in their governance, behavior, and opportunities in clean tech. Now, do they give you criteria for that? Uh, leader just means they're leading the industry. Average is mixed or unexceptional track record of managing these ESG risks. And then laggard would be just completely behind everybody. So environmentally, an electric car company is a laggard. I got to subscribe well, to get more No, and see, this there. isn't even this. Let's see. We focus on the key issues here to the automobile industry. So these are specific to all these issues are specific to the automobile industry. And this is how they compare to their industry peers. Okay, so that makes sense then. Okay. What what peers do you have on your list? Did they give you a list? No. No, they're not giving So over here, here I have a list of industry comparison. Daimler AG. Do you know Daimler. Chrysler. Daimler. Chrysler Daimler, yeah. Okay, Daimler. Honda. Okay, so so Daimler is a 14 out of 82. Oh, okay. So they're ranked pretty so, – is that good? I – Feels don't good. know because you're good. either negligent no, or negligent. high risk. <laughs> I like how he's changing the word every time he says it. No, it well, said that one was best, was least risk. So over here? 14 would be significantly better than Tesla. Well, how is negligible even a term you use? Well, these guys seem to be rating as them. a positive word. I, I do, negligible risk is, I think, what they're saying. Because they have them ranked as no, low risk, they have them ranked as medium, medium risk. risk. So high negligible risk. means negligible risk. But I don't know what risk of what. Like, that's what I'm saying. Your site is wildly incomplete in the amount of information it shares. Your site at least is breaking it down by sections. But again, it doesn't give you the criteria it uses. No, and that's um, what I was trying to... Nor does it really get into, you know, what specific things they're doing that would cause their rating to change. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, this is my... And I think I've made it clear... 45, 50 minutes into this podcast that I am not a fan of ESG. Yeah. Um, I, I think this falls into, you guys remember, and it's been out of the media for a while, but you guys remember the uh, net neutrality conversation? Yeah. You guys know what net neutrality was? I don't quite remember. Okay, that's fine. It's been a while. So net neutrality is what I affectionately call a solution in search of a problem. So some moron came up with this idea that, hey, we could have a problem here, guys. Which, if anybody sits around and thinks long enough, you're going to find a million problems. Like, there's always problems that you can imagine could happen. Like, my daughter right now could be getting taken from somebody. I could freak out and panic and go run outside and find my daughter. Or I can assume that, based on the math and how often people get taken, that she's probably not. 
Occam's um, razor. Occam's razor. The simplest is generally correct. Um, so, but some some moron came up with this concept that hey, you guys know if we if we don't regulate these internet service providers, they could start selling bandwidth to the highest bidder, and then all of a sudden Netflix and all these other companies will just start buying up all the bandwidth, and all the small companies that want to come in and do stuff on the internet won't be able to get bandwidth, and then it'll just be Netflix, and that'll be it on the entire internet. Nobody, Netflix and Facebook and everybody else will get bought out, and nobody will get to do anything, right? Which, I guess, technically could happen, has never happened, that has ever been quantified. Definitely not any of the big companies. Now, there has been instances where like companies like Netflix have paid like Comcast to build them separate networks, pipe, but they yeah. paid for them to do it, and it's an, it never affected the other internet. It just gave them a direct access route to, to push higher bandwidths directly into Comcast. Uh, which is perfectly valid. There's nothing wrong with that. But at no point was there ever any quantifiable evidence that this was ever a thing. And they wanted to fundamentally change the internet to protect against it. And I had this argument with a tech guy who said, yeah, well, you know, it would be a real problem if it happened. And I said, if it happened, we could deal with it pretty easily. I said, but it's never happened. I, I, it, it, regulating things that you think might happen is the definition of insanity. Not the I mean, definition of government to some extent. Well, it's insane. I mean, you're going to ruin the internet in order to because what they were talking about was they were literally going to throttle everybody. So this was going to have negative impacts on everything to protect against a potential issue that we've never seen and that nobody's talking about. It was a theoretical. That was the throttle everybody, and then you could pay more to get better. Well, access that's type that's, no, it was basically <sighs> nobody, you had to, everybody was, I mean, there's multiple variations of net neutrality. Yeah. But essentially the concept was that they, the, the, the core overbearing thing here was they wanted to regulate ISPs. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out a way to, have to put a compliance officer in ISPs so they can start taking over ISPs. That's all it was. So it wasn't really going to do anything in the beginning except get the government into ISPs so mm -hmm. they could start influencing ISPs. Which, well, well, criminals are always a step ahead, so I guess there's some legitimacy to, to trying to think. Yeah, but if, if you're ahead of the curve, I, I criminals don't know. are yeah, never going to go where you already are. Yeah, so if you're, if you're putting net neutrality in, criminals well, gonna, and plus they weren't protecting you against criminals, they were protecting you against your own ISP. Well, if you, if you, but if you, well, you're if the you customer think, if you do work for a customer and you think there's going to be a problem, you don't say, well, there hasn't been a problem yet. We're not going to mess with it. We'll wait till there's a problem. You're like, okay, well, let's, let's plug the hole. Well, it depends on what the problem is. If I think there's going to be a technical issue, I do an investigation to see if there's a likelihood of that. But that's not what we're talking about. This wasn't a technical issue. The networks were sound. This would be the equivalent of me saying, hey, it's possible one of your employees might lock themselves into the bathroom because there's a deadbolt on that bathroom and die of starvation. So we should get rid of all your bathrooms. Like, that's more like that. <laughs> we created a ridiculous scenario that would never happen because they obviously know how to use the deadbolt to get in. They can use it to get out. And then we eliminate bathrooms to protect ourselves from the theoretical person that will die of starvation taking a crap because they can't get out of a deadbolt. Like, it's more like that than a technical issue. It's me giving advice on something I know nothing about in a scenario that I really don't know anything about in a part of the business that I'm not associated with. Because I had a dream, I guess. I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't know where these people even come up with this crap. Well that's why the world needs rational people, because when they come up with crazy ideas, we can make sensible solutions. Well, if it hadn't been and I hate to say this, if it hadn't been for Donald Trump, we'd probably have net neutrality right now and it would be a, a thing. It would be a real 
And it would cause, it, what it was going to do is it was going to jump everybody's uh, internet service prices were going to double. So if you're paying $200 a month, you were going to pay $350 to $400 a month because they were going to use, they were going to charge fees to the internet service providers to guarantee that they didn't do the thing that they weren't doing. Um, so and it was more of a money grab than anything. Well, it was going to force it them is, to file compliancy paperwork. Wow. It was going to force them to do reportings so now, to the government, all this sense. other stuff. Now and, it makes uh, sense. And the, the ISPs were saying, you know, we'll do it, but we're just going to pass the, the cost on to the consumers and your internet bills are going to go up 50 to 100%. Or maybe it was the back-end internet companies that created the, they, they had the, the little guys write the articles and then they brought them. Well, at least the ISPs didn't want it. So at least in this case, I, I don't think they were work complicit. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, but this feels like that. We're creating mm -hmm. a situation that we can then control. And But it, it's not a real situation. It's an invented situation. Like These are invented scenarios. Even the, the scoring that we're looking at is invented scoring with no metrics or verifiable information, yet we're making life-altering decisions based off these scores. Who do we invest in? What do I trust my retirement dollars to? Like, does this oil company that heats my house get a loan to keep their trucks rolling? Yeah. I mean, the oil. You even if you don't like oil companies, I'm not judging oil companies or your like or dislike of them. We need them. Just saying, our nation, how many houses run off of oil? Uh, mine does. Uh, mine does. Yeah. My, our office does too. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we're just not we're not near a gas hookup. Um, that and well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm technically, but I'm not gonna pay to retrofit my house at this point if everything's working. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Plus, yeah. my heating costs are pretty damn cheap because I buy at the right time, and yep. we don't use a lot. So, well, I mean, it's 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 this this hatred of things is a weird concept. It's like that friend you knew that used to punch drywall. It, it's, it doesn't actually serve any purpose. Like, all you're going to do is break your hand. Like, the drywall doesn't care. Like, uh, hating oil doesn't actually get us anything. Like, your real problem is not oil. Your real problem is energy distribution. So stop ragging on the oil companies. They're just filling a need. If you have an energy distribution issue, rag on the government. Like, you should be yelling at the government mm -hmm. for saying we don't have proper infrastructure. Like, you shouldn't be yelling at oil companies. They're just making oil because people need oil. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Are, circular logic. Are you sure you wanted to use the word rag? I, well, What's wrong with the word rag? I, I mean, I don't identify as a rag. <laughs> I don't. That's, did that's I a pretty know, provocative word. What is it? I don't know. What, what does it mean? Isn't that something used to clean or something? Rag on people. What is that? Does it mean something I don't know about? Oh wait, is that like a? Is that like a? <laughs> The broken I agenda. I don't know Woke what it means. edition. I don't know what it means. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Well, that's like a that's like females don't like that too much. They don't? A rag? Because let's talk about the rag. Jeez, what? Hey, let's just go back to the discussion. I don't Yeah, no, what it was just supposed to be a quick pop thing. Well, I, don't, I didn't know you guys didn't know about I don't know it. A lot of slang. I don't know what the heck's going on. Dude, yeah, I am not hit. I didn't, in any I didn't expect to catch you guys off guard. Oh, I thought dude. But my favorite one of these was my wife was in a training in front of like 50 people one time. And she was talking about how her and I had a lazy Sunday and we were just sitting out in front of our house watching the sunset, you know, just in our rocking chairs, just being a bunch of porch monkeys. Right. And she got pulled aside after the training and they're like, you can't say that. And she goes, can't say what? And they're like, 
the porch monkey. And they're whispering it. And she's like, I don't understand what you're talking. She had no idea what she was saying. The, yep. And they wouldn't tell her. <laughs> they wouldn't, they're I like, see. we just can't talk about it. She's like, can't talk about what? I don't understand what's happening. We were just on the porch, you know, and we evolved for monkeys. Just being a bunch of porch They're like, stop saying it. <laughs> like, like, my, my mom had that. Uh, we had told her that term and we were driving through the city one time. Yeah. Windows down. And she's like, look at all the porch monkeys. <laughs> Mom, shut the fuck up. You're going to get us murdered. Now we really messed up this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, we're not saying it in a derogatory no, it's, way. It's, it's yeah, a, it's just It's innocence. a real story. It happened. But I, I did. I, this is my favorite story of my life, though, because she is so adorably innocent <laughs> at times. <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, so we are we are running out of time here. The, the bottom line is I, I think the statements we made hold up. We, we spent the last 20 minutes running searches, and we still can't find any verifiable evidence. I mean, would you agree with that, Jimmy? Because you seem to not be on board with my assessment of ESG fully, which is good. I, we shouldn't always agree. I just, I feel more confused than anything. I mean, I don't, I don't know even, I, this even messes up what I was going to say at the end of the show, because I'm not even sure what to say, because. Well, what were you going to say? Because you were, you were excited. That you well, I was going to say if, you know, basically, if you're going to invest in companies, then obviously this is a very biased I would buy companies with negligible scores because... So you would. So you would use this ESG tracker to make decisions on investment? I feel like this is an extreme case of uh, bias. So you wouldn't use this? In a woke world. And I feel companies with lower scores deserve is the smart choice to invest in. Because I don't think I think that this is an idiot score. Wait, so you're saying bias is good? <laughs> so now I'm confused. It seems so. If if the bias system gives you a good score, that's good. What I was telling you is I'm confused because <laughs> <laughs> I think negligible isn't good, and I think high risk isn't good. But I don't think bias means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, bias being that like people are just like I think these scores are rated on people's maybe with weird agendas. I think what he's trying to say I is I don't think that the agendas are like legit. Yeah. And I think we're getting I think good companies are getting low scores from shitbirds and <laughs> yeah, it, crap companies this, are getting good scores by shitbirds. So I'm gonna go with taking the low the so, scores so the companies bias. they rate that suck so are the clear, companies I want to invest in. You're still willing to listen to the shitbirds though. Like, I'm willing to go against them. And I would invest in all the companies they tell me not to invest in. It- <laughs> Does that, that make sense? All right, so, so you're going to use just, he's going to use it as a gauge, and he's going to be like, "They hate I'm this, so I love it." Just obstructionist, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's like an idiot, contrarian, Jimmy. Just, I won't do I'm what gonna, you told me. I'm going to look at where <laughs> rage against the machine. It's my where are the idiots flying over there? Yeah, I'm going over here. Well, what about the fact that his score said that Tesla was good, and your score said that Tesla is borderline bad? Like, which one is the shit? <laughs> well, remember when I said I was confused, and I, and even my closing statement. I didn't know what to say about it. That's kind of what happened. We didn't even verify anything one way or the other here. I don't even know at this point what these these scores mean. We went through a two-hour show. And we spent the last hour 
Well, how long was our show? <laughs> six. Show, six hours. hours. So we spent the last. Okay. So we spent the last day. thirty minutes trying to so understand these scores, and we still don't even understand. Nope. Right. I think that's the problem. Closing thoughts, Tyler. Uh, I'm all for companies, you know, kind of waving their banners, like I said earlier, but it shouldn't be a qualification for if they can even do business, right? Especially that just be something to fly for me to decide who I like and who I don't like and who I want to buy from. But the second it becomes, it limits people's ability to get into the market is a problem. And I'm going to finish with saying the entire concept of ESG at this point with how it's pers- how it's currently structured is criminal. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think borderline just straight up criminal. I mean, this is this whole thing to me rings every single bell I have in my head for a rigged system. And there's nothing about this that seems legitimate. And the, the fact that it has permutated so much of our market already is terrifying to me. Something that is so just fuzzy and nondescript. I don't know. That's I wouldn't listen to a damn thing any of these, as you say, shit birds would write either direction because I don't know what their agenda is. I don't know if they're trying to destroy the company. I don't know if they're trying to reverse psychology me. I know they're not basing it on fact, so it could be anything. Uh, I, I think I could be losing at rock, paper, scissors against these guys. I don't know. And like, if banks are using scissors, this? they're throwing dynamite. I don't know what's going on. The thought to think that banks are using this. How are they even? I'm telling you, I think I think in a lot of companies got strong armed this. I, I really do. I don't think they really want to, but I think think about it too. How much power does that give Bank of America? I think if I'm, you know, if they don't want to give you a loan, they just kind of go in and tweak your ESG down and be like, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you don't meet our qualifications. Bang! They get well, they the, the bank get out scot free. They don't ever have to worry about getting sued. They don't have to worry about you yeah, know. The bank doesn't have the ability to do that, do they? They, if they're the ones giving you the money, we couldn't figure out what the ESG score was searching the global internet. You don't think the bank can make their own ESG or hire somebody outside the bank and pay them a ton of money to make whatever ESG score I said, they want? Yeah, I was, and that was going to be the, the point I was going to bring up. That there's no standard to it, so why not create your own department? Or, Absolutely be neutral and hire somebody that you pay a lot of money to give you the score that you want, right? Yep. And now all of a sudden, from a banking standpoint, this is kind of a, a beautiful shield because how are you going to sue the bank for for discrimination law mm-hmm. when they didn't reject you because you were a minority-owned business? They rejected you because, ooh, your governance score was just a little too low. So sorry. We really wanted to do work with you, but that was darn ESGs. You know, the, the bank literally just built themselves a, a, an iron dome mm-hmm. to never have to worry about a lawsuit. I think I'm going to start just aligning myself with private money. I don't think I want to use banks anymore. Jimmy, just hang out with me. I got your back. That's what people should do. It's the just 20s. People, if you check with your bank and they use this score, you should close your account. And well, local banks aren't using this. Yeah. I, I checked. I made let's, dump, let's all make a pact to dump these big huge banks i worry that eventually it's going to end up everywhere though like i mean local banks will hold out but they're actively trying to destroy local banks right now too and that's a podcast for a different day and so if we put all our money in local banks to destroy local banks and what's that legislation i I, will get into another time i I didn't come prepared i don't want to give bad information but um they're they're actively i think we should have a podcast on that too so then we we got to take everybody into steps we act we push everybody to private banks and then and then if they force the private banks out then we start going to private lenders no you just start going black market banks yeah that's what happens like we need to we need to we need to just boycott the powers i mean we gotta boycott the power i don't know good luck the powers are facebook (laughs) 
<laughs> Bank of America. Well, yeah. don't use Facebook because there's better metaverses, and Facebook is a liar. They're not even a metaverse. I know that, but most of the people, in the, I mean, our audience obviously knows what a metaverse is because you educated them, but that, that makes nine people. <laughs> Including the three of us. 22. And my mom. Not nine, 22. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I don't know. Wasn't it 22, Tyler? No, Harris? we have no idea what our That was, was a conspiracy episode. Unless <laughs> Craig keeps watching them three times, four times. Yeah, I, I pull it up whenever. To get our ratings up. Guys, we have access to uh, about 400 different networks, corporate networks, and I go into every single computer every night and pull up our podcast. We have thousands <laughs> of viewers. We need to get some thousands of viewers. It's out. We're good. It's killing our rep here. Everybody, thank you so much. It was a great episode. I don't know if any of that was helpful in any way, shape, or form, but we enjoyed giving it to you. Jimmy, Tyler, Craig, have a great holiday. We'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas. The Broken Agenda Podcast. Sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs>